Hello, welcome to another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amarine. And there is a, a sight for sore eyes right across the way right there. One beautiful, one hairy, one Gareth Boucher. Gary, how are you doing this fine day? I'm good, man. I, I had weekend withdrawals because I didn't get to um I didn't get to see you. Well, and you are if part we, of yeah, part we, of my weekend, man. If we pull back the curtain a little bit, you and I both went on vacation within the past two weeks. Now we accommodated, yeah. we made sure that Chopped Green family had something to look forward to, had something to listen to while we were gone, so you probably didn't even notice that we were. But uh, you went to Vegas, and I went to uh, Washington, D.C., two more separate places there possibly could not be. But uh, it's been a while for you and me, and uh, just happy to happy to see you again, Gary. Yeah, man, right back at you. I, I know that you went out there for the storming storming the Capitol part two that kind of fell apart. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it was just me, and, and, and I, I was sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't I, even that, for that's political tough, reasons. Man. It was just because I wanted one of those Capitol Doritos. You know, they have those machines inside the Capitol, and apparently they taste even more patriotic than any other type of Dorito really? out there. Yes. Well, ha- happy 4th of July, man. Now That's pretty sick. Now with Independence 11%. Day Doritos. Yes, now with 11% more patriotism. Anyways, yes, happy 4th of July. You and me actually are, uh, again, if we're, man, we are just being all the way open and honest today. We are recording actually on 4th of July, and uh, there is nothing more... More patriotic, more American, more nationalistic. Than strippers? Than strippers. God bless mm. America. Uh, this this week's film, of course, is at Zola. It's Zola. It's I, I, I it's kind of hard to uh, to look because I'd imagine that whenever they're doing tickets, uh, the at sign probably throws a lot of people away. But if you look at the movie poster and at the, the movie trailer, it's at Zola. Uh, but if you look anywhere else, <laughs> if you look anywhere else that the movie's listed, it's just Zola. Regardless, the same film. Uh, and we look here at the cast. Of course, Taylor Page takes on the titular role. Zola, Riley Q, takes on Stefani. Nelsie Safran plays Gail. Nasir Raim plays Jonathan. Uh, Coleman Domingo, of course, plays X. And probably the last one that we need to uh, really delve into here would be Nicholas Braun as Derek, who's making some shmoney. Dude, the the Derek is like my new, I don't know if I want to call him favorite, least favorite spirit animal. I don't know, man, but Nicholas Braun really was was great. Yeah. I, um, yeah, the, the, the whole movie, man, I think that starting off with the cast is is a good choice. And the fact that the movie was started by a Twitter thread, which have you read it? Have you gone and read the, the whole like original Twitter thread? So I would yes, this is this is probably the the most natural place for both of us to start here. I have not read these Twitter thread. I knew for a long time I wanted to watch this film, but even with that, I still wanted to be surprised. I still wanted to have some element of not knowing what's going on. Excuse me, uh, but I have not seen it. Have you? 
Yeah, I, I went and I read it afterwards, and it is uh, beat for beat the plot of the movie. Of course, there's a few minor things that are changed, but um, it really does follow the story of the tweets. A lot of them are used in the movie. Um, it is a hilarious, and I mean, when you think about it more, it's really sad and scary and right. um, problematic Twitter thread. But yeah, that I I think that that is. Um, just I don't know if that's indicative of the age that we're living in now because people are telling stories that way or what but um impressive impressive stuff yeah certainly the first movie of its kind in that regard uh certainly there have been other movies that have oh I don't know been inspired by stories been inspired by works of fiction even true accounts that are just one person's account uh, of certain events this however uh, is and it heavily leans into it. The uh, first film that I at least am, am fully aware of that really leans into social media, Twitter thread. Uh, and I, I from yeah, man, I, it's it, from what I hear, yeah. it was it came about rather quickly, even after the thread gained notoriety when it first came out. Um, and I. I'll say this. There are a couple of story formats that come with that, that some they do well, some they don't. I'll, I'll go with the don't first. I don't know that they do a good job of really. And I do mean really having the audience realize that all this at least is supposed to have been true. Meaning, uh, yes, I realize it's in a movie and that it starts out that way. But when you have this opportunity, and there's so many times that they blatantly break the fourth wall, they're just, I, I just, I, I actually walking away, and I think now having a day to breathe on it, uh, as I watched it yesterday, I think that's the one regret I have, is that you kind of forget, because of how crazy it is, that it's not a made-up story, that it is, at least to some degree, one person's account, it is real. And I don't think that they take a moment to breathe and just say, yeah, that really happened. Or, or yeah, uh, that makes it, or this is, uh, this is what, what really went on. Or just moments to breathe and just be like, wow. Uh, and, and you kind of have that sometimes, if, depending on the medium upon which you decide to tell your story. If it's, uh, oh, I don't know, if it's in the heights and the... And you realize that the narrator's talking to somebody else, and so therefore you can take a breath to say, "Wow, that's crazy that it really happened." Or uh, if it's if it's a voice, a consistent voiceover, there's ways for that to happen as well. Uh, I just don't know that the the method upon which that they decided to tell this particular story really was conducive towards reminding the person that all these outlandish things, all these out of the blue events that occurred consistently throughout the film were real were that that that's part of the allure is that it's real it happened this happened this happened then this happened uh and and that's that's one of my bigger gripes of the film how did you feel about it gary i well i'm i'm confused well a it didn't throw me off and they did have the the little you know disclaimer at the beginning of the movie you know what follows is mostly true yada 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 i i like the fact that they didn't take a break i guess because it's like the road trip from hell movie and the pacing is really awesome um but but they do have a, a few breaks in the movie that are maybe this is what you're getting at or at least i feel like i can 
connect it with it is those kind of really artistic moments where they break and it's like a dream sequence. Who are you going to be today, Zola? You know, those things, like making it a little bit more surreal. I don't know if that might take away from it. Although for me, I was not bothered or questioning the fact that like this happened. And right, I mean, right when the credits rolled, I pulled up the Twitter thread and I, I read it all. So I didn't quite bump on that man. Although like what's going on in the story itself is like one of those, I can't believe that this happened. It's really sad that this is like scenarios like this probably happened every day in cities like Miami or Vegas or, you know, wherever, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, I, I don't know. It's it is crazy. A lot of the things that uh, that happened, um, and it just maybe that's part of what what makes it so alluring is that it's so outlandish. Uh, I do like one of the methods upon which they told the story. I like that they were uh, talking it while texting. There's very much an easy way that I think most films have gone into is just creating new and exciting ways for the audience to read the text where there'll be a, uh, a screen superimposed on the top right fourth of the, of the, of the, of the screen where uh, you get to see them live text and then the other person responds and that's fine and good. I think I still prefer the way that they went about it, where the character is expressing what they're texting um, that they're going through and, and saying it out loud, even though, you know, sometimes it may not seem realistic. I do think it allows you to just because as in real life, uh, you read something, you might not have the the correct context. It may not have the same voice behind it that it would if you were actually hearing a person say it. So when you have these characters saying aloud, what they mean, especially whenever if you're not if you're not the type of person who, who adoringly calls the another person the B word, you read that just verbatim. Maybe that maybe that's a bit off putting to you or maybe you misread it here. It's completely understood that, oh, they they meant this in an adoring way. But man, is it um, it, it is it is a fun way to go about the, the rest of the story. Yeah, it's it's a fun storytelling trope that whenever it's used in a movie, um, thankfully it's not used too much, or if it is used too much, it might take away from it. But the idea that the audience is supposed to kind of gauge the subtext, but a movie will just have the character sit, like you know, do a voiceover or something, be like, yeah, um, she thinks that I'm in with it, but really, you know, this bitch is crazy. I I hate everything. You know, have, having that interject a little bit makes the movie more engaging. I think that, like in general, the I guess you can call them filmmaking tricks or the the fun that they have with the way that the movie is shot and how it's edited, you know, with the montages, the dream sequences, the talking over the texting, which I loved, the pausing, the the weird kind of credits, like like an old 30s movie type you thing. You like the dream sequences? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I did. I, you know, I hesitated there because I think that they could have explored more of that because truthfully the actress who played Zola was great, but the, the yeah. character, none of the characters change in the movie. Yeah. They all stay the same and, and just go through a bunch of stuff, which yeah. 
is something that is usually bad, but in this movie, it's kind of like hey, this is the story of the road trip from hell and the falling out of their relationship. But Zola doesn't really change as a character. She doesn't have like a you know, I guess it's as good a goal as any to get out of the situation. But, you know, my point is she doesn't change. And so when you have those dream sequences, it, usually it's something a little bit more introspective or, you know, it was just who you're going to be tonight, Zola. And I didn't really know enough about her or care enough for it to have an effect. So, look, I'm talking about my way out of the I like the dream sequences. I, I, I'm just saying overall, I liked the fact that they were throwing everything at the wall in terms of having fun with the way that they told the story, which I think most of the time paid off. You know, so whenever we start out this film and we, we go, uh, there's an immediate cinematic choice of a style that instantly tries to date itself, whether it's with the cinematography, which, which goes to a much more granular and grainy uh, time, which is nice because it is a modern story in essence, just, uh, just it, it's trying to make uh, modern audiences realize that oh this is this is modern this is a tweet obviously this is within the the land of Vine uh, where Vine e- exists and and such and so forth. But yeah, shout out to Vine. Well, <laughs> it was a, a few great scenes where I used to I used to go watch fails on Vine when I was feeling insecure too. Shout out to you, Derek. Yeah, the 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 TikTok of its time, uh, but. Whenever we look at the the film, uh, did you? Uh, th- sometimes the quality was so low. I think it did the film a disservice. I, I, I the rest of the I like the style, and most of the time I didn't care. It, it was nice. It was a nice effect. But there were some times where I thought to myself, "Man, this is a, this is a, uh, this is just not up to the standard that I would hope." Uh, that the film would be in, and it's kind of distracting, if anything else, more so than being just blatant in your f- uh, face, a style of the camera choice. You, did you have any distractions on Yeah, it? It, I, I, I noticed it, and you know what's funny? I, wait, did you go see it in a theater? Did you watch it at home? No, 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 I saw it in the theater. Okay, me too. See, I was going to say, I don't think I would have noticed it at home, but on the big screen, it's really in the scenes where there's like low light, like when they're in the car, that you can see like like the grain. Yeah. And you usually, yeah, you want to get the grain out. And it, you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, well, I guess it kind of has this like stripped down handheld look. But 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 the movie as a whole isn't shot like that. So when it does happen, it's like, was that on purpose? I mean, it was distributed by A24. There's big, you know, actresses or one big actress in it. Um, so it, I don't know if you could chalk it up to a creative choice. Um, but yeah, it, I, I did notice it. And with the way that the rest of the movie is shot, you would think that they would have the night scenes not have like digital noise on them and have that grain. It was a little bit distracting. I know the exact scene that I noticed it was when, you know, they were driving in the car um, and there was like a, a, a cop arresting some guy or something. And yeah. then they kind of hung on it and there was just a lot of noise on the screen. And that was a little bit bothersome. Yeah. Yeah. Also, go ahead. Let me just um say a disclaimer. And I, I'm going to burn in hell for this. Don't take um, your siblings who are uh, younger to see this movie. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I did, man. Okay, um, I'm going to be honest myself. You know what? I have this note. I, I went in blind. 
I went in blind not knowing. I went in blind too. So um, I had no clue that yeah. this was like a like the stripper story of the year. I didn't go. This wasn't hustling. Not only stripper, but like yeah, I was gonna say like I knew it was about strippers and there was like a, a comedy drama. So I was hoping it was gonna be like a a hustler's vibe. And then there's like a three minute sex sequence where you see like ten oh, penises and yes. like there's like a like like a Holy like a like moly. a gangbang thing going on and like oh my god like. Yeah, I, I took my sisters and I think I had the idea of like, you know what, it's gonna be this like fun experience or seeing like an R-rated movie with their brother, but I thought it would just be kind of raunchy, but no. Oh my god, no. Um please don't take your twelve and fourteen year old siblings to see this movie. My my family is not happy with me at the moment, to put it mildly. They uh looked it up afterwards and I just hope to God that they never watch it. And I can't help but feel that this movie is going to have a profound impact on them. I'm not implying anything, but like they're probably going to be like 30 and be like, Jesus Christ, what, why, why did Gary do that when we were 12 years old? So, um, yeah, yeah. the, the, um, the, uh, the credit, uh, the, the trailer, if you aren't familiar with the story, I, as aloof as it is, does not to me, does not fully belie the the full the full vastness that 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 it implies. Which is, it I is guess, good sexually and, graphic. Yes, I mean one hundred. And and you know it's funny like the sex montage where all the men are coming up to the room. Yeah. I. I actually really enjoy that, but I didn't get to enjoy it because um, I was with two young children. But um, I, I, you can talk about the male gaze. We all study it in film school. Like you know, most movies are shot through the gaze of a man. That's why we always see women's bodies. You don't really see men sexualized on screen. And it was interesting to have, you know, usually in a movie. A guy would see stripper after stripper after stripper and her tits would be out and whatever. But in this movie, it was the girl seeing man after man after man. They were kind of ugly. Um, saw the penises. It was really uncomfortable. Um, and I yeah, all like way, way too many penises, man, on, on that screen. Uh, never ceases to surprise me how many different shapes and sizes there are. Yeah, there were, uh, there because were a lot of penis. You only know your own, man. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of uh, penis. Is that? Yeah, that's my preferred plural <laughs> yeah, version there we go. of the word penis. Uh, yeah. Uh, if we can, again, not fully knowing that this was a, a stripper story. Just, just kind of because I was so into it, based off the trailer. Just because I, I thought it looked great, it looked aloof, it looked, and of, of course I'm into a twenty four. I'll be honest with you, with the first couple times, I think the opening on this film uh, is messy. I do only because I had, if if I were to just sit down without even having watched the trailer for this, having not watched the thread. And I don't know if that's who that movie is for. If, if this movie is, is really designed for those who have read the thread, whether or not it's for the general public who have not read, I'm, I'm, still somewhat torn on who this movie was intended for in that regard. I think it was intended for progressive women and men. I mean, I, I don't think you had to have seen the thread, but I think there's definitely this, you know, it's very timely. There's a message about, you know, female empowerment and then also um, male dominance when it comes to sex trade, which is like a topic nowadays. Um, I think that people who wouldn't want to open up about that, you know, because there, there are arguments where, you know, some people say stripping is empowerment. People are like, no, stripping is just degrading. I think that it, it gets into a little bit of that argument. So I think that if you're more on the side of its empowerment, you'll 
probably will like the movie a lot more than someone who's a little bit more traditional thinking about sex work and whatever. I think that personally, and the movie does it really well, it can go either way. Stripping can be empowerment. Like a woman chooses to do it. She makes a lot of money and she's in charge of it. Okay, that's cool. But then also, you know, there's so many scenarios where it is not like that. So, Right. And and that exists and that's fine. Um, but my whoa, whoa, whoa. is it's fine. Yeah, yeah, no. Philip, Philip is canceled again on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's that's wonderful. I, I, I'm all for it. My 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 point that I was trying to get to though is that the beginning seems messy in that I I was a bit lost the first time I felt at ease, like I knew where my surroundings were. Speaking of the story, having going having been going into this film blind was when they were on the road trip. At that point was like the first time I really felt like I knew and understood where the story was, where I was in connection to the story and where it would go from there. Because before then, I go in and and she's she's a waitress and I'm like, "Oh, oh, I thought well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, uh, maybe I I think I remember them being so she's probably got a day job, sure." And then all of a sudden they're up there dancing together. I was like, "Oh, is this their they're strippers they're or is she like a retired stripper or does she do this regularly and so when she said i'm free tonight did she recruit her i it was very i i felt like it got lost and the next day she's like hey we just met yesterday so i'm like oh so they are like that powerful friends but is the stripping thing is that just she didn't dance for a while and it took takes a while for them to get back to the fact that it was uh, oh, I, I used to dance, but now I'm I'm back or, or now uh, she recruited her to get to go back or whatever, whatever that 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 scenario was. I felt like it was messy and there were times where I just didn't know where it was going. And to follow it all up, I think part of the problem of this story is that it relies a lot on because of the source material. It doesn't have the natural arc of a story. It's relying heavily on the fact that all these events occurred. Uh, in yeah, it's the- not really a beginning, middle, and end. No, it's really just no. I, th- th- there is a climactic scene, but it's it's like and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Though it does have the vibe, I suppose, of like a horror thriller because it just gets progressively worse for like Zola. But truly, yeah, it, the the structure of what people are attuned to are you know everybody has a little movie watcher that has been groomed because of decades of seeing you know movies and they have a structure this movie doesn't so it's can be a little bit awkward and then the ending uh, falls flat there fall you know just like Derek. um there there are times when people have the abrupt ending where it really, really works. And I actually think this one would have worked if just one thing was made clear, which was clear from the Twitter thread. The pimp went and bought Derek and Zola a ticket and flew them home. And I wish that that was just more clear, like they're driving to the airport and Derek's crying in the car and he's bleeding. Zola looks at the window and then you end it. But the I was like, so what's happening? Is she has she be like been officially kidnapped right now, or like, what's going on? Like I, I I like the vibe and the choice, but I I was like, so what happened? Because I didn't feel like the ending was challenging me like they thought it would, you know, leaving you thinking. I was just leaving thinking about the wrong thing. Like okay, so 
what what does that mean? You know, it was, think, it was one of those. Even yeah. if you wanted to leave it aloof, I think that there are better ways to end it than where it did. It, I think you could very easily just have her having her bags and dropping them, looking up, sighing at the front door, and then beginning to walk in. That's where it ends. Or a multitude of other ways that give you that aloofness, but still give you some sense of closure. Or end it with... The pimp saying, I'm going to take you guys, and then Derek kills himself or, you know, jumps. and Everyone's screaming, and then Zola's like, screw this, I'm out. And then it's over. You know, just so, I mean, that's something that's stronger, I think. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different choices that they could have made. As the story stands, it's in line with where the rest of the film was. Uh, wistful, but at times incoherent. Um, and maybe again, that's considering the source. That's yeah, as trying to get as and remain as close to the source material, they they manage to be that. Uh, I think if we're looking at performances in this film, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I thought that there were a lot of great performances here. I thought yeah. that there were uh, Coleman Domingo plays a fantastic uh, pimp. <laughs> I liked how easily he slid into the uh, the Jamaican his, accent his, or whatever accent that is. Uh, I think when, it was yeah, it was um, when he got upset. Nigerian accent that he slips into. Like every time he got mad or he had to take power, man. That, what a great character quirk to have like your villain slip into a different accent when they're doing something. That's something that I'm totally gonna steal, man. That's so funny. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I thought that the the two performances from uh, Taylor Page and Riley Q were were great in their own rights as well. Um, I liked both. Um, and bravo to them for having that much body positivity. Can't say I would or that I'd be able to do that myself. And uh, weirdly enough, though, fantastic. we don't actually we don't see any anything. We see like real male genitalia, but you don't even see a nipple in this movie from, um, from a female. You, you ever notice that? You see you see the cleft of booty cheeks. You you, see yeah, lot. you see the cleft. You see I mean, pretty much every in, aspect of the booty, except for I'm um, actual like whole private parts, as they say. Yeah, yeah you see, you see butt. But I, it, it's interesting because you know, I feel like you know, obviously because it's a female empowerment movie. You know, other stripper movies would just have titties everywhere, but uh, this one has penises swinging um, around. Yeah, you see, you see suggestions of the nipple, but you never yeah. really particularly see. Maybe I'm trying to think of that first time you're introduced into the, like the stripper world. I can't remember. I was just so whoa, wow, we are really going into the to the stripper joint. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't fully Man, and remember. so performances are all great, and, and they're so different, you know? Oh, the, yeah. Zola is um, quiet and brooding and very uncomfortable, and then, of course, um, her friend with the black scent, can't remember the character's name, St Stephanie, maybe, um, compared to her, so different. And then Derek is like the the wrench that's thrown into everything that is... I, I, I love this guy's performance, man. I, I want to look him up and see, like, how close to the character his, like, mannerisms and voice actually are because he was so funny. Like, when they go to break out Stephanie and it's the guy who he was chilling with at the motel, he was like, no, really? 
thought we were homies. I mean, just like there's so many funny this little Derek you. moments in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's there's genuinely funny moments and scenarios in in the movie, man. So I think that that the highest points for me were probably where I was laughing uncomfortably, like when the strippers were praying and you know going yes, hallelujah, like they yes. were in church and that that some, was that was yeah. funny. that was funny. And then you feel uncomfortable doing so. Yeah. Genuinely tense scenes like Zola. They did a really good job making us feel uncomfortable with her. And then the last scene in the motel room was really good. Um, so anytime those four characters were in a room and they were all talking, shit was always hitting the fan. Excuse my French. And um, I got a lot out of those scenes, you know, when they're in the hotel room, when they're in the car, those ones. Yeah. All right. Um, let me think. Uh, any other closing things you want to talk about here, Gary? Um, I'm happy that I saw this movie, although uh, A24 has so many good movies that this one is in inter- it's good, it's but I would say it's like probably middle more of on the pack, the, on more the forgettable. forgettable. Um, it's impressive uh, that they made a movie out of a Twitter thread that seems like you give me five game, like I would show you a tweet and you would make a movie out of it, you know, and um, it's unique. Uh, I, I think that the director, um, apolo- I apologize because I didn't do too much research about what else they've done, but uh, direction was was pretty good. And if they have a story with a little bit more structure, I'd be interested to see what they do next. So I, I enjoyed the movie, although seeing it was kind of hell because I was with my sisters. Um, but I, I wouldn't by any means characterize it as, as a bad movie. I was like, yeah, th- it was good. It was uh, the road trip from hell, man. Yeah, director Janixa Bravo. Also known for Lemon, also known for Gregory Go Boom, and In a World. So, um, yeah. There you go. See, yeah. I've heard of Lemon, but it seems like another very indie deal, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, and even uh, directed a an episode of Dear White People. Dear White? Okay, that makes sense. There, yeah, we, go. there we go. All right. Uh, out of uh, five used stripper chonies... How many out of five are you going to be giving this this film? I'm happy that you use chonies. I always say chonies. My chones. Um, out of five panties, um, I, I'm giving it a solid three. Solid because three. it was good. And, you know, I, I dish out fours like candy, but... I don't think I'll watch it again, and I I wouldn't be like you know, dude, you have to see Zola. If I was recommend, I would recommend probably Spring Breakers over Zola in terms of a twenty four, semi problematic stripper movies. You know, so um, middle of the pack a twenty four movie. You you expect at least a serviceable good movie, and that's what we got. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to go with two out of five stripper chonies used stripper chonies. Whenever I think of this movie, I'm not going to be recommending. What does used mean? Like just worn or? Um... Listen, there's the, there's a there's a pile on the side, and uh, they're used. That's all I'm going to say, Gary. They are used. Uh, when I think of this film, I I don't know that I'll have any audience really to recommend it to. That I'm like, oh, you're going to love this film. Um, and whenever I think of this film uh, with A24, there are other better ones. You're absolutely correct there as well. There are some strong performances. Maybe if I'm looking for a strong performance from from the from the guy who plays X, the pimp, um, I, then maybe that's something that I would I would think. Uh, otherwise, 
it, it, it just, I, I, I don't know that I'll ever even want to rewatch this film in particular. Uh, there's not a lot to take away uh, other than it was, it was nice. It was a nice little time, I suppose, in my life that I spent watching this film. Uh, I don't even think it lived up to my expectations of the film. So therefore, all in all, nice little thing. Not a great ending. Not a great beginning. Uh, and so, therefore, I will give it a two out of five. Four. Do not take your sisters to it. Do not. It <laughs> just is will not. Reiterate, man. I've been hot water. Friendly. Yes. As yes. You, as you should be. For Podcast is Emeritus, Gary Boucher. I am Philip Amrine. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to listen to all of our older episodes. And, of course, our accompanying Gimme 5 episode that is coming out right after this, where we got lots of funs and games. And hopefully... Gary loses a little bit, little bit he loses. Uh, make sure to listen to us on all of our uh, podcast platforms, whether that be Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere that you can find your podcasts but Pandora, because screw you, Pandora. Were you homeschooled? <laughs>